It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Conflict, contamination, and complete collapse. All the wheels are now in motion. How many try to convince themselves that they're safe because the wars are all in someone else's country on the other side of the world each of us all of us must summon the courage to look up and face the fact that the war being waged in our skies is being conducted by the same controllers that are creating conflict elsewhere and here just as is the case in other conflict zones there is no safe zone none a dangerous quote factor x could be lurking in Earth's ice, scientists warn. That's from sciencealert.com. What do the controllers have planned? How broken is the planet? How many actually want the truth on that subject? Just how desperate are the power brokers? Again, this question, is there any place to hide from what they have planned, from what is coming, or from what is already being done to us? More on the so-called Factor X in a moment. Will the perpetual growth Ponzi scheme save us from ourselves? How's that going so far? In the words of Peter Gabriel, the grand illusion so soon will burn. For the record, U.S. credit card debt just hit another all-time high, over a trillion dollars and still escalating. More on the microplastics that are showing up in our clouds, our rain, our food, and in our internal organs. The headlines keep coming. This new headline is from USA Today. Clouds are filled with microplastics, quote, perplexing and concerning scientists, end quote. Perplexing scientists? The whole of the so-called academic community continues to pretend global climate intervention operations, aka geoengineering, are just a proposal. Almost none within the legions of academicians have summoned the courage to admit that climate engineering isn't just an insane proposal. It has been an ongoing process of self-extermination for decades. The new USA Today report continues with this. Microplastics pollution is in our oceans and mountains, our food, and even our bodies, as I just stated. And now the report says, according to a new study, microplastics have been discovered in clouds and they might be affecting our weather. Quote, unquote, from USA Today. Yes, the filth being spewed into our skies could, may, might be affecting our weather. And never mind also completely contaminating the planet along with every breath we take. And about Earth's collapsing life support systems and climate engineering, from the Naval War College, that's usnwc.edu, this, Geoengineering the Earth's Climate, an Introduction to the Scientific and Governance Issues. Isn't that an interesting report headline from the U.S. Naval War College and on a subject that we're officially told is just a, quote, conspiracy theory. Here it is again. Geoengineering the Earth's Climate, an Introduction to the Scientific and Governance Issues from usnwc.edu. Ponder that one for a moment. How's geoengineering working out for the country with the largest military in the world by far? and thus the largest geoengineering fleet by far, with over three times more aerial tanker jets than all other countries combined. 
This new headline from Fortune.com provides a glaring clue. The U.S. is warming 60% faster than the rest of the world. That's from the National Climate Assessment Report. They then say, quote, we're not prepared for what's coming, end quote. No, we're not. Not even close. Adaptation isn't possible on a lifeless planet, and that is the trajectory that we're all currently on. If you're willing to face and honestly investigate bad news, you're on the right broadcast. For many, a comforting lie may for the moment feel better than a bitter truth, but for how much longer? Avoiding reality or pretending it's something other than what it is won't make anything any better. It will only make it all worse. More breaking bad news reports in a moment, but first, consider carefully the following timeless words that most of us have heard before, but that need to be heard again because they have even more relevance now than the day they were spoken. From John F. Kennedy, again, a reminder for some, a new and needed understanding and dose of reality for others. Here it is. Listen carefully. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. For the record, the last U.S. leader to actually attempt to expose the behind-the-curtain matrix controllers, along with their bottomless deception and tyranny, was President John F. Kennedy. He wasn't allowed to live long after the speech in question.
I was eight years old when I first viewed the film of Kennedy's assassination, and I knew even then what the narrator stated could not be correct. How could President Kennedy's head have been pushed backward if he was shot from behind? I questioned the adults in the room who assured me the government had it all figured out. I didn't accept their baseless explanation then, nor do I now. From our government's foreknowledge of the coming Pearl Harbor attack, to the Gulf of Tonkin incident false flag used to justify the Vietnam War, to Saddam's weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist, to the seven-second freefall collapse of WTC Building 7, which wasn't even mentioned in the 911 report. The list of crimes and cover-ups is long and growing. The list of other events, past and ongoing now, is in exactly the same category. Countless flashpoints and ongoing crimes of unimaginable proportion that are now more blatant and transparent than ever before. When the deceptions begin to crumble, an endless list of distractions is put into play. As previously covered on this broadcast, in detail with sources, there is zero chance the Israeli military didn't know that the October 7th attacks were coming. As two former IDF veterans, Israeli Defense Force veterans, stated on film and on the record, audio statements which I played in full on this broadcast. So we're officially expected to believe that the most surveilled and monitored border barrier in the entire world had holes blown in it in 15 separate locations, that militants were then allowed to drive through these breaches in old pickup trucks and even older motorcycles. They were allowed to roam around for seven hours unhindered. They were allowed to fly over with their extremely loud and even more visible lawnmower engine-powered hang gliders. Zero response from the Israeli Defense Force or Israeli law enforcement. The militants were then allowed to capture civilians and transport them back to Gaza. Hamas posted their plans on social media for almost two months before the October 7th attacks, and the most sophisticated military in the world didn't figure it out. Hamas training camps were within sight of the border wall for two years prior to the October 7th attack, and nobody figured that out? Again, the most sophisticated military in the world? What's wrong with this picture? In some locations, where after almost seven hours the Israeli military finally did show up, there are now testimonies from Israeli citizens that witnessed the confrontations. And these Israeli citizens have said, on the record, that the IDF engaged in what is known as the Hannibal Directive, translation, shooting and or blowing up all that they encountered, including the Israelis that had been captured by Hamas. Just collateral damage from Netanyahu? Question, did such collateral damage further fuel covert agendas that were and are being carried out by those that run governments, militaries, and media from behind the curtain, land grabs, with hydrocarbon reserves underneath them, already verified in the record in the case of Gaza, under Gaza and offshore from Gaza? Covered that in this broadcast as well with sources already. Perhaps the elimination of a population in this region is a part of the process. You decide. And while pondering that, this new headline from the Huffington Post, Netanyahu calls Palestinians, quote, collateral damage as Israel destroys Gaza. That report states the Israeli prime minister called the UN's accusation of war crimes, quote, hogwash, despite now killing well over 11,000 Palestinians in Gaza, most of them women and children. 
The Huffington Post article continues with this. The right-wing leader appeared on multiple cable news shows to speak on the current state of Israel's month-long siege on Gaza, which human rights experts have already warned amount to ethnic cleansing and war crimes. For much of his appearances, Netanyahu attempted to downplay both his responsibility in the deadly October 7th attack on Israelis, as well as his military's role in killing Palestinians. The Huffington Post report then says more than 11,100 Palestinians, most of them again women and children, have been killed since Israel's violence escalated on October 7th. The extensive Israeli bombardment of Gaza, including the use of high-impact explosive weapons in densely populated areas, raising tens of thousands of buildings to the ground. Again, there is no question they knew this was coming. For the record, those that are actually in control don't care about the Jewish people, the Palestinian people, or any other nationality or ethnicity. What will it take before that fact becomes clear? From antiwar.com, this Netanyahu says Israeli military is the only force that can control Gaza. Netanyahu has also stated multiple times that after the war, we should plan for a long-term military occupation of Gaza by Israel. What a surprise. Who would have ever guessed that Netanyahu wanted total control of the last remaining remnants of what was once Palestine? This was always the plan from far before Netanyahu. Again, this reminder for those that are willing to face a very unpleasant but factually inarguable truth presented in a groundbreaking documentary, please search and view the award-winning film Occupation 101, Voices of the Silenced Majority, extremely objective and completely verifiable. A final statement or perhaps a veiled threat from Netanyahu, quote, if we don't win now, Europe is next and you're next, aka America. If Israel doesn't win against the Palestinians, whose army consists of outdated pickup trucks, motorcycles, and lawnmower engine-powered hang gliders against the most sophisticated military in the entire world that's also considered the third most powerful army in the whole world? It's not a war. It's a collective slaughter. Did I forget to mention that Netanyahu helped fund Hamas for years from the times of India? This headline, Why Netanyahu Helped Fund Hamas. From the Hill.com, The Symbiotic Relationship Between Netanyahu and Hamas. From Heretz.com, A Brief History of the Netanyahu-Hamas Alliance. From AnalystNews.com, How Israel Helped Prop Up Hamas for Decades. If it isn't yet obvious that without Hamas, the powers that be, whatever flag they fly, who seem to have almost total control over the U.S. government, military, and media, would not have had the license to wipe Gaza off the map. Those powers needed October 7th to happen. They made sure it did happen. Does any of this excuse the actions of Hamas? Of course not. But the IDF and Netanyahu knew it was coming. There were even forewarned by the Egyptian government days before the event. There's no rational denial of that fact. It's on the record. Please don't believe me. Please investigate. And under the premise of the October 7th attacks, what can only be called genocide is being committed in front of the entire world. Now is when each of us must decide for ourselves what we're made of and why we're here. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news report, The End of the World as We Know It broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. We're at 45 million visitors and counting. 
Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data, geoengineeringwatch.org. And we will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate engineering operations. On that subject, moving on, as mentioned at the start of this broadcast, let's start with this headline, while also considering and remembering how many times and in how many ways those in power have openly stated their aspirations of radically thinning the ranks of the human race. First headline, a dangerous, quote, factor X could be lurking in Earth's ice, scientists warn. That's from sciencealert.com. But the new science report states this, biolabs have been doing nothing for a century, end quote. Really? Hundreds of level four biolabs all over the world are doing, quote, nothing? The sciencealert.com report continues, scientists are increasingly concerned that viruses successfully reawakened after tens of thousands of years preserved in permafrost could be a sign of worse things to come. Final sciencealert.com excerpt. Thanks to the very way infectious diseases work, most epidemics are likely to come from a novel source such as a population of wild animals. Yes, we've all heard that claim before, over and over. How convenient. Just blame nature. Never mind what former Department of Defense scientists like the world's second most recognized climate engineer, Dr. Ken Caldera, have stated on the record that what he did for the Department of Defense was to design ways of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. Geoengineeringwatch.org owns this audio. I've played it on this broadcast too many times already. Bottom line, there's no place to hide. Not from climate engineering, not from whatever else is in it. There's no place to hide from the countless other catastrophic cards that the controllers are playing at, quote, warp speed. If you believe that the dangerous X-Factor report I just covered from so-called sciencealert.com is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Raise your hand. Or, if you've taken the time to consider that the hundreds of level 4 biolabs all over the world are there for some reason that, at this point, seems incredibly unlikely to be benevolent in any way, and that they're carrying out research for someone, somewhere, that has agendas of some kind, then what do you imagine these level four biolabs are actually up to? And isn't convenient cover for them to blame nature for whatever's coming, for what the so-called science community is already warning us all about again and again and again? Here's the Wikipedia definition of a level four biolab. Quote, biosafety level four laboratories are used for diagnostic work and research on easily transmitted pathogens which can cause fatal disease, end quote. That doesn't sound nefarious, does it? In regard to zombie viruses, so-called zombie viruses, this reminder of other recent reports. First, this from Bloomberg.com. Quote, zombie viruses are waking up after 50,000 years as planet warms. The report states, virologists' discoveries are raising fears that thawing Siberian permafrost could bring ancient outbreaks back to life. Again, no mention of biolabs all over the world. Next from CNN, scientists have revived a, quote, zombie virus that spent 48,500 years frozen in permafrost. Question, why would the so-called science community revive a, quote, zombie virus, or is that even what's in question? 
Was it actually from permafrost or from somewhere else? Again, you decide. From LifeScience.com, eight ancient zombie viruses that scientists have pulled from the melting permafrost. And this, from BusinessInsider.com, scientists revive a, quote, zombie virus frozen, again, for 48,500 years on ice, and they continue. They learned it could still infect other cells. And this question, how did these scientists learn the so-called zombie virus could infect other cells? Was it by experimenting? being conducted in one of the hundreds of level four biolabs all over the world? Do the viruses in question, in fact, actually have any connection with the Arctic or any other natural ecosystem? Or is all of this narrative just cover for the controllers of the matrix? The same controllers that carefully craft the official narrative on all fronts, absolutely all of them, from conflicts to climate engineering and everything in between, to what we are told is the history of world events, even if it wasn't. History is written by the victor, a.k.a. those who control the printing of money from thin air. Never, ever forget that. The core of control is the same. They fly the same flag. They're following the same script, carrying out agendas that have been in the works for decades or far longer. Just a, quote, conspiracy theory? Yes, even that term itself has been so thoroughly programmed into populations, which is also part of the plan. When someone delivers a potentially frightening, unpleasant, and unwanted truth, just belch out the conspiracy theory programmed response without a moment of conscious thought or reasonable consideration. That's what so many do. Welcome to the Planetary Asylum. A reminder of this ominous statement. We'll know all our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Stated that in this broadcast before, but there it is again. The statement made by William Casey, the director of the CIA in 1981, and it begs the question, how exactly did the CIA plan to accomplish its malicious agenda on such a massive scale? In 1975, Operation Mockingbird was revealed to the public as a result of investigations held by the Select Committee in regard to intelligence activities of the U.S. government, a.k.a. the crime syndicate masquerading as a legitimate government. More on microplastics. Again, this reminder, polymer nanoparticle fibers are named in climate engineering patents. With that in mind, microplastics in clouds could disrupt weather patterns, new study finds. That new headline is from interestingengineering.com. came out this week. Listen carefully as this new report reveals more than previous reports on this subject. They state researchers found that Clouds modify microplastics in ways that could enable the particles to affect cloud formation and the fate of, quote, airborne metals. That's an interesting admission, isn't it? Could it be climate engineering elemental metals like aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, graphene, etc.? Do the dots connect? You decide. The interesting engineering report continues. Microplastics pose one of the most grave dangers facing our planet recently. They say these minute shreds of non-degradable plastic materials are rapidly being found everywhere from the depths of the seas to the snow in the mountains and even the air above cities. Revealing a new dimension to the problem, a new study now suggests that these tiny particles may have a role in cloud formation and, as a result, the weather. Again, for the record, polymer nanoparticles are part of climate engineering patents and operations, as are heavy metal nanoparticles like those already mentioned. For nearly a decade and a half, geoengineeringwatch.org has consistently stated on the record that devastating drought deluge scenarios were and are the hallmark 
of covert climate engineering operations. With that in mind, the following new headline report from phys.org. Research reveals extreme fluctuations between drought and flooding are devastating millions of lives. The report says new research reveals millions of people around the world living in poverty. Why would it focus just on them? Have been experiencing a, quote, climate hazard flip since the turn of the century. Study findings show that under a, quote, whiplash of extreme climate pressures, areas that used to experience frequent droughts are now more prone to frequent flooding, while other regions, historically prone to flooding, now endure more frequent droughts. This is having a devastating impact on communities in these regions, not to mention ecosystems and the flora and the fauna. And here's the bottom line. There's no legitimate discussion of climate anything from any perspective without first and foremost acknowledging and addressing the climate engineering operations. Moving on, official sources say the drought in California is over. Done, they say. What a colossal lie that is. They say the ozone layer is better now. Another glaring lie that anyone with a still functional sense of feel can determine when in full sunlight under increasingly common conditions. Western U.S. forests, including in California, are dying faster than ever. Yes, the rain cycles have been completely derailed. Climate engineering is the single greatest factor, but is not, repeat, not a denial of the countless other forms of human damage to the planet. We have been unbelievably poor stewards of this planet. And the rain that does fall is toxic to soils, to the soil microbiome, and root systems. Not opinion or conjecture. Lab test proven fact. The planet's free-falling into total meltdown. Chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations and the winter weather whiplash scenarios they create are temporarily and toxically masking the meltdown at the cost of worsening it overall. Please search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. About the meltdown, from BBC, this new headline, Brazil, health warnings as country gripped by, quote, unbearable heat wave. From that report, again, BBC report, Red alerts have been issued for almost 3,000 towns and cities across Brazil, which have been experiencing an unprecedented heat wave. Rio de Janeiro recorded a heat index on Tuesday of this week of 58.5 degrees C. And let's translate that. That's a feels-like temperature or heat index temperature that's equivalent to 137.3 degrees Anyone want to take a vacation in Rio with a feels-like temperature of 137.3 degrees? And the Southern Hemisphere is still a month away from summer. The question, how bad will it get by the end of this summer? And what about next year? It will be worse. Bet on it. It's just the beginning. And those that still refuse to accept or believe what's unfolding will soon enough have no choice. And through it all, the climate engineering disinformation so-called scientists are actively pushing their lies as if it's some sort of cure for what's unfolding. Here's another new example. Climate engineering could slow Antarctic ice loss, study says. That's from phys.org and other sources. From that report, scattering sunlight reflecting particles in the atmosphere could slow rapid melting in West Antarctica, the report states and reduce the risk of catastrophic sea level rise. That's according to this study led by Indiana University researchers and other authors, including Douglas McMartin. Yes, Cornell scientist Douglas McMartin, who was sued by geoengineeringwatch.org for his single-handed takedown of the groundbreaking geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, on Facebook, 
total Facebook censorship based solely on the say-so of Douglas McMartin. For the record, geoengineeringwatch.org took Douglas McMartin to court, and in the end, we were told that Mr. McMartin would not be held responsible for anything he said or did or any damage it caused in censoring information from the public. The so-called justice system sided with their own. So the lie that geoengineering could still save us from ourselves continues to be pushed by the same so-called scientists that serve their matrix masters. From ABC News, El Nino reaches, quote, strong intensity, pointing to a scorching 2024 ahead for the planet. That headline doesn't bode well, given the fact that Earth just endured its hottest 12-month stretch in as much as 120,000 years based on paleo data. And if all this sounds bad, wait till 2025 rolls around, if we get that far. And no, my statements are in no way a condoning of the so-called green energy clans who are absolutely clueless and who pretend that so-called green energy will save us from ourselves. It's nothing more than a carbon fuel extender. It is also laying waste to the planet in countless ways with materials that are not recyclable, with elements used in their production that are extremely harmful to the planet. Some greenhouse gases used in the production of so-called green energy are 17,000 times more potent than CO2 or more. 17,000 times. That's not an estimate. Hexofluorothane, one of those. Back to the unfolding meltdown and after the climate engineer's attempt to cover it up. First from Wired.com. A major alarm is flashing under Greenland's ice. The report states Greenland's northern ice shells have lost more than a third of their volume since 1978. The speeding up of glaciers flowing into the sea is a uniquely daunting threat, the report states. Let's add clarity. The ice meltdown is an increasingly exponential equation, and about the, quote, uniquely daunting threat part, the same can and should be said about the fact that if we remain in the current course, the planet will likely not support life for much longer. That's a pretty daunting threat, isn't it? On that note of good tidings, this headline. From the UK Guardian, dust, hail, and bank loans, the Mongolian herders facing life without grass. Why isn't there any grass? Again, toxic rain, extensively high UV rates, and the hail mentioned here, chemical ice nucleating operations, now the norm all over the world, various forms of frozen material falling from the sky. Let's add this. Number of species at risk of extinction doubles to 2 million says study. That's from the UK Guardian as well. And that's a figure that is double previous UN estimates. That's what the analysis has found. Including new research, the report says, on insects without which the planet would not survive. They show a higher proportion are at risk of disappearing. Let's stop there. Here's your dose of clarity. 80 to 90 percent of Earth's insects are already gone. The rest of the web of life isn't far behind. About the weather, the manufactured kind, from AccuWeather, published last Saturday, the 11th, this headline, Brewing Storm in the Pacific to Bring Flurry of Impacts to California. The report then states, A storm diving out of the Gulf of Alaska will bring a surge of moisture into the West Coast next week, which was this week, increasing the risk for heavy rain and mountain snow. So, did this actually happen? Not so much, at least not till near the end of the week. What was originally scheduled earlier in the week to be three days of rain 
got reduced to two days, then one day, then a half a day of showers, and in the end it was barely enough to wet the ground. And about the jet stream configuration for this operation, absolutely insane. It circled clockwise through Alaska around an ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure dome, then circled back toward the Pacific, traveling backward toward the west. And once out over the Pacific, again, the jet stream circled counterclockwise around a manipulated low-pressure zone in the Pacific. The chemically cooled moisture that was left was then scattered over the widest possible region of the western U.S., providing a temporary toxic cool-down with widely scattered, very light amounts of chemically nucleated frozen material that we're led to believe is naturally nucleated snow. Just quote, old man winter, we're told, don't eat that snow. And I don't say that lightly. We've tested this frozen material again and again and again. It is loaded, laden with toxic climate engineering elements. More on this theme and this scenario from Fortune.com, a.k.a. Fortune Magazine. Alaska gets record snowfall as governor declares emergency. Remember I mentioned a moment ago about the diversion of Pacific moisture up and around the high-pressure dome through Alaska? Let's add to this equation. Here's another report from AccuWeather.com. Anchorage, Alaska could see its snowiest November ever. Yes, that is exactly the kind of headline that the climate engineers and the manipulators of the matrix most want to see. Because how could it possibly be warming anywhere in the world if Anchorage, Alaska had its snowiest November ever? doesn't matter if it's chemically nucleated. It still works to convince the population that no matter how hot it is where they're at, for example, in Phoenix... What, 30 days over 110 in a row with an average temperature of over 100 degrees through part of that, including the nighttime lows? But it can't be a planetary meltdown, can it? Because Anchorage had its snowiest November ever. Let's get back to the planetary meltdown part. As mentioned at the start of this broadcast from the UK Guardian, quote, the science is irrefutable. U.S. warming faster than global average, says report. They then say, quote, there will be far-reaching and worsening consequences from the climate crisis. Again, of course, doesn't need to be mentioned that climate engineering would never be disclosed in any such government study. They then say, an array of increasingly harmful impacts is hitting every corner of the vast country, a.k.a. the U.S., from extreme heat in the southwestern U.S. all the way to Texas, sea level rise in Florida, to depleted fish stocks and increased food insecurity in Alaska. Again, all statements from the new National Climate Assessment. The administration is attempting to quell growing unease, the report says, among those concerned about climate change and about the president's ongoing approval of oil and gas projects that further extend the lifespan of the fossil fuel era. Again, no mention of climate engineering. But no need to worry about the carbon fuel carnival lasting much longer because industrialized, militarized so-called society is already imploding. Wait and see. On that note, this mention, same theme, from the CollapseMusings.com website. The apocalypse is not what I expected. Hollywood movies gave me the idea that if the apocalypse were imminent, people would spring into action. The reality, however, is much more grim. Yes, Nero fiddles while Rome burns, as the proverb goes. Anyone who still believes Matrix Media is telling them the truth about any of the issues that matter most, time to rethink your reality. From climate engineering to carefully crafted conflicts designed to carry out agendas and Matrix Media coverage of both, a tidal wave of mass deception looms over us all. 
blinding far too many to the wider horizon and the oncoming train. Converging catastrophes from countless directions are closing in at blinding speed. Extremely near-term existential threats. The proverbial writing on the wall couldn't be more clear at this late hour, yet far too few actually see it. More headlines. This is from the Daily Maverick. .co.za. Fishing down the food web. Bye-bye, big fish. Hello, jellyfish. And don't talk about conservation. That's the headline. The report says we've wiped out 90% of the ocean's large fish, and governments are unaware and underreport how much the industry catches. With millions of tons being hauled out every year, it's a race to the bottom. report continues, against our technology, Fish don't stand a chance. We're using huge nets, efficient engines that allow boats to stay on the catching grounds for literally years, supply ships to keep them there, sonar and satellite tracking to know exactly where fish hang out, cold storage ships to keep fish refrigerated for weeks, and tens of thousands of boats in unpoliced open oceans. It's hunting on steroids. The world catch is, in fact, about 130 to 140 million tons a year but not for long. Species by species, catch volumes have been declining since 1996. This can't end well, and it won't. And for those that still believe owning shiny metals will save them from a wasteland planet that no longer supports life, think again. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 432, November 18th, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the U.S. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last-hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. To all those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, as always, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Stay tuned for specific input and directions on how to make your voice heard in this all-important effort. Moving on, more on the El Nino premise for various agendas and objectives. Let's add this. From MSN.com, scientists sound alarm over troubling resurgence of disease in wake of El Nino. Already grappling with surges of disease. Tropical diseases that thrive in warmer weather have seen increased spreading this year, and certain regions may experience further surges as the current El Nino weather regime persists. They say the World Health Organization, the WHO, announced in June that it was bracing for, quote, increased spread of viral diseases. Question. Is this just 
a prediction, or a warning of agendas and objectives that are already being carried out. And pay no attention to the geoengineering jets that are crisscrossing our skies, spewing out vast quantities of climate engineering nanoparticle elements like aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene, and who knows what else, turning our formerly blue skies into filth-filled, climate-engineered, sun-blocking canopies. Welcome to solar radiation management. Further, the controllers would rather you pay no attention to the tens of billions of genetically modified mosquitoes that are already being released in various parts of the U.S. and the world. Not hard to find data on that subject. And here's a report title from the U.K. Independent. Two million fruit flies being dumped over L.A. But don't worry. Official agencies tell us it's all for our own good. Yes, isn't it always? Those in power, those behind the curtain, pulling the strings, want you to blindly trust what they're telling you through their matrix media mouthpieces. They want you to go back to sleep. They want you to believe that the extreme increase in diseases across the board is just the result of nature, just the result of the melting polar regions and the El Nino weather pattern, etc. And the fact that many of the global controllers have long since openly stated on the record their desire to drastically cull global populations has nothing to do with all that I just described. And far more that I didn't mention. No, it's all just nature being bad. Right. Time to wake up. A tidal wave of tyranny and devastation is looming over us all. Next. A truly mind-numbing dose of science fiction insanity from Scientific American. The so-called experts that were told, trained, and taught from birth to blindly believe. Here's the headline. Quote, air conditioning rivers and streams could save overheated fish. So before, as I covered on this broadcast, it was just mythical cooling stops along the stream. And now they want us to believe that they can magically air condition the entire stream or river. The Science Fiction American Report continues. Warming waters pose a danger to Atlantic salmon. A new effort aims to lower the temperature in waterways used by the fish to spawn. The first method redirects a portion of a river's flow through an underground trench. Then what happens to the river over that section that you just bypassed? Total insanity. And their second method is to actively pump cold groundwater from wells into rivers. With all that I just covered in mind, including the suggestion of the so-called scientists to pump our last remaining groundwater into streams where it eventually flows into the sea. Consider this from phys.org. Scientists map loss of groundwater storage around the world. The report says global water resources are stretched by climate change and human population growth and farms and cities which are increasingly turning to groundwater to fill their needs. Unfortunately, the pumping of groundwater can cause the ground surface above to sink as the aquifers below are drained and the architecture of the ground collapses. Consider that many aquifers are not recharge zones. They are literally left over from the last ice age. They are not coming back. Not in any time frame that matters. And we have so-called scientists that want to pump the water into streams that are superheated already. You can't change that process. You can't stop that kind of momentum. Human race is simply so many, in so many ways, completely delusional as this tidal wave of total collapse looms over our head, there are the most insane suggestions from the so-called science community. I've been over that again and again and again in this broadcast, and it just seems to be getting worse, not better. 
Next, also from phys.org, El Nino may be drying out the southern hemisphere. Here's how that affects the whole planet. They state the principal cause is the weather phenomenon known as El Nino, the principal cause of drying. So they say. They say it will also impact human populations with varying capacities to adapt and ultimately our global food systems. It's already radically affecting those food systems. We have some of the staple crops in South America cut in half already now. In regard to the drying out of the atmosphere in general, the laws of physics, as I've stated so many times, make clear the atmosphere holds 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming. If it's not raining more overall on a rapidly warming planet, there's something we're not being told about. That something is climate engineering and the desiccant particles they often utilize. Climate engineering can be used to diminish and disperse precipitation or to augment it. It is actually much more effective at the diminishing and dispersing part. And when you block direct sunlight, you radically thwart evaporation. You alter wind patterns. And that also alters evaporation from every conceivable direction. Climate engineering is derailing the planet's natural life support systems in regard to adapting to all that's unfolding. No, that can't happen when a planet no longer supports life. There's no adaptation to that. More about drought. This from ActiveNorCal.com. Mentioned earlier in this broadcast, California is completely drought-free for the first time in three years, they say. Again, this headline, like so many other climate engineering cover-up sources, this information is total, pretend it's all fine deception. Just because a reservoir isn't empty doesn't mean a drought has ended. Trees are dying all over California, indeed all over the western U.S., indeed all over the world, because in our case the soil moisture is so low and the rain that does fall is toxic. So where does that leave us? Not to mention the rapidly unraveling ozone layer without which terrestrial life on Earth won't exist. Climate engineering, the core causal factor in that equation, not just the particles being sprayed into the atmosphere, but the radio frequency microwave transmissions that are used to manipulate them. And the intense UV radiation isn't just killing insects and forests and crops. It's also killing aquatic life. On that note, more carnage in our dwindling environments from science.org. Algae outbreaks around the world are crowding out corals. Already stressed reefs face a red menace. Also for the record, global reefs will soon be no more, just like the fading kelp forests that haunt my memories, the loss of which absolutely breaks my heart. So much of my life I spent under the surface of the sea. Also from MSN.com, Germany issues a warning. The Baltic Sea is on the brink of collapse. The Baltic Sea ecosystem is reeling from the impact of environmental pollution and overfishing. A recent report paints a grim picture. The situation is dire. This also, saddening for me. I've been to the Baltic. I've swam in the waves there and on the shores of Lithuania. So beautiful it was then. From the UK Guardian, about our skies and our air, Delhi air pollution spikes to 100 times World Health Organization health limit. The report says, season of smog begins with air quality index near worst possible level of 500 and little apparent progress in controlling annual poisonous blight on life. Air quality in Delhi hit severe levels, a thick toxic smog cloaked the city, marking the beginning of a pollution season that has become 
an annual catastrophe for India's capital. Schools were shut down and non-essential construction was banned around Delhi as the air quality index in the city hit 500, the highest measurement will go, and 100 times the limit deemed to be healthy by the World Health Organization. Stop and think about that statistic. Air that's so toxic, it's a hundred times over the so-called healthy limit. And consider this, there is no healthy limit of bad, toxic air. It's not good for you at any level. How obvious should that be? Our aquatic and terrestrial environments are now completely contaminated and collapsing. No functional ecosystems, no food production. And next, starvation followed by desperation. On that note, from the Society of Environmental Journalists, this report title, Years into a Climate Disaster, These People Are Eating the Unthinkable. From this report, in South Sudan, war and semi-permanent flooding have left people to scavenge for food with long-term consequences for their health. The report from the Society of Environmental Journalists continues, It was 1 p.m., her children still hadn't eaten, and every item on Nagoi Dakki's long to-do list pertained to surviving another day. So Nagoi grabbed a plastic bucket and an empty sack and set off from her village surrounded by flood water. Those waters had upended her life, but they had also provided a food option, not a desirable one, but one of the few left for her and her family. Water lilies. They had been keeping her family alive for two years. They were bitter and hard to digest. They required hours of manual labor, cutting, pounding, drying, sifting, just to be made edible. Nagui could still remember her initial shock at eating them. She had thought and hoped that they'd be a short-term measure. And now, with the floodwaters still holding and not receding, she could trace a two-year arc of distress by what the water lilies had become, their only sustenance, sustenance so vital that people were slogging further and further into the flooded landscape to find the water lilies before someone else did. That's how bad it is in other countries. That's one small snapshot of what people are now doing to try to survive another day. And what are far too many Americans occupying their time with? While many in the world, again, are scavenging for enough sustenance to simply survive another day, they're watching sports and pretending their political candidate of choice will magically make the difference in a matrix that is completely controlled by the clinically insane. So, what's next? Where do we go from here? From the Seneca Effect substack, this now more relevant than ever title, The Normalization of Evil. It has already happened. It's happening now. Evil feeds on itself. It is known. It is a part of the way complex systems work. Even though they don't normally have a parameter labeled as, quote, evil in the equations describing them. You start from a small perturbation that soon becomes large enough to be called a war. And then things go out of control and everyone is fighting everyone else. There's another term to consider, quote, just war, or a war that will end all wars, but that will occur only when someone declares that the desolation they have created 
should be called, quote, peace. Tactitus wrote so long ago, truly, there is nothing new under the sky. From conflicts to climate engineering, the controllers are the same. Yet how many on both sides of the orchestrated divide believe in one and deny the other? From TheIntercept.com, this headline report. For a century, the American way of war has meant killing civilians. The report states, indiscriminate airstrikes have been a U.S. hallmark from the Banana Wars to the Forever Wars. Over the last century, the U.S. military has shown a consistent disregard for civilian lives. It has repeatedly cast or misidentified ordinary people as enemies. It has failed to investigate civilian harm allegations. It has excused casualties, civilian casualties, as regrettable but unavoidable, and repeatedly failed to prevent civilian casualties from reoccurring or to hold troops accountable. These long-standing practices stand in stark contrast to the U.S. government's public campaigns to sell its wars as benign, its air campaigns as, quote, precise, its concern for civilians as, quote, overriding, and the deaths of innocent people as, quote, tragic anomalies. Such campaigns have mainly served to obscure the true toll of the American way of war. Again, from the Banana Wars of the 1920s to the Forever Wars a century later. Nagasaki, Hiroshima, Korea, Vietnam, and the Gulf Wars, only a few examples. What current example of the same policies is taking place in front of the entire world? In the words of Eckhart Tolle, this collective dysfunction has created a very unhappy and extraordinarily violent civilization that has become a threat not only to itself, but to all life on the planet. It has been said that even the lowest whisper of a human voice can be heard over the sound of armies when that voice is telling the truth. Few yet grasp the gravity and immediacy of what's unfolding. Normalcy bias is epidemic. No matter how many converging catastrophes there are looming above and around us, most are choosing to remain oblivious because nearly everyone around them is choosing the same. To decide at your very core, to stand against the rising tide of insanity, no matter what the cost, in spite of rejection and ridicule from family and friends, is empowering beyond what can ever be taken away. To decide to do what is right because it is right will always be right. And though you may feel that you're standing alone, you will in fact be standing with a force, with a power that can never, ever be defeated. You'll have separated yourself from the collective insanity. Never underestimate the difference you can make, the difference that starts with a single step on the path of choice and change. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. Please, make your voice heard, make every day count. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight against the rising sea of insanity. Until next week, face to the wind. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.